Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are back here the last hour of uh, Thursday's edition here. And, of course, we've been talking in the first uh, couple hours about the governor's budget proposals. You know, one of the things that uh, we talked to Natalie when when uh, Natalie Zelesnikar was on with us, we talked about this uh, this representative trying to outlaw, ban, or ban any kind of mining up in the Boundary Waters, anywhere near it, millions and millions of acres outlawing it. Well, it's interesting because in the in the governor's budget this morning, there was a reference about North Dakota, uh, rare earth elements in North Dakota. It turns out that in their coal reserves lies a number of materials needed to produce uh, things like touch screens for used for cell phones or batteries for electric vehicles, new sources of uh, uh, of domestic um uh, new source of domestic rare earth elements would help stabilize the global supply, which is currently dominated by China. But researchers in the Midwest continue to explore the possibility of these elements with financial support from the state of North Dakota, who wants to go after these minerals. See how things are different um, from from um, Minnesota to North Dakota. In North Dakota, they have the support of the country to go after them. Uh, but in Minnesota, not so or not so much. In fact, we don't want to go after those minerals. At least a lot of the people don't. So we'll see how that all works out. Uh, anyway, learn uh, there's future of new coal and new support advancements in renewable energy technologies in North Dakota that are moving forward. Governor Walls did sign a bill, and we saw that in today's uh, Duluth News Tribune, uh, to add unemployment insurance benefits for iron range workers. The bill signed Wednesday uh, was approved by the uh, Minnesota House of Representatives on Monday and by the Minnesota Senate two weeks ago. The legislation provides an extra 26 weeks of benefits to more than 400 employees who were laid off when North Shore mining was idled last May. Uh, that idling is expected to continue and until at least April before uh, a lot of these mines get open up there. So so that's uh, very worthwhile up on the range. A lot of those 400 or so miners that have been laid off, uh, they really uh, are appreciative of the efforts being made on their behalf to at least have some income for them. Uh, North Dakota governor, in the meantime, is threatening to sue the state of Minnesota over its 2040 clean energy bill. Uh, you know, I don't know how they can do that, but but Governor Doug Burgum uh, from North Dakota sent a letter to Governor Tim Walz for several other top, and several other top state leaders, including Attorney General Keith Ellison and Ag Commissioner Tom Pedersen, urging them to amend the bill currently being considered that would mandate 100% carbon-free energy by 2040, as is the current legislation being considered would ban any importation of non-carbon-free energy, which North Dakota is a top exporter of since that state's oil boom. A falling global prices for oil has hurt the North Dakota economy significantly since 2015, and Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, says the legislation would illegally regulate commerce in his state 
and that it it's needed to be amended to apply only to energy generation within Minnesota. In other words, he's saying we can still generate the oil in the oil fields uh, outside of uh, uh, some of the areas in North Dakota. As long as you don't use it in energy production, we can uh, we still would be able to sell it to you to use in your cars. And so North Dakota doesn't want to be locked out of the system altogether. And then, of course, as you may have seen, uh, Elon Omar from down in the cities has got her uh, turban on a little too tight here lately. She's very upset about the fact that it looks like Kevin McCarthy wants to hold a vote in the U.S. House on Omar's removal next week from any committees that she was on, well, especially the House Foreign Affairs Committee that she has been on. Um, he says she has used that position to talk bad about the country of Israel, to talk bad about the Jewish people. And he said that uh, she should be removed from that committee at, at, at once. Two moderate GOP House members, uh, Victoria Sparts of Indiana and Nancy Mace of South Carolina, have already said they will not vote to eject Omar, the uh, Democrat Democratic 5th District uh, Congresswoman out of Minnesota. Uh, but a lot of the other ones have said they're willing to do that. It is my belief uh, this uh, bill or the vote for this uh, might not come to the floor because the votes aren't there. Uh, Phillips said a significant number of Republicans have concerns about voting on a resolution that would remove Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. They think it might just be too, uh, you know, be too much confrontation. Uh, but Elon Omar yesterday on uh, on uh, WCCO radio uh, was very upset about it. Didn't did not like the idea that uh, McCarthy is trying to get her off of that committee. Although he's absolutely right, she's used it to talk. Uh, uh, to talk negative about the Jewish uh, country, about Israel um, in general. And, um, you know, she should uh, at least be constrained from doing that. Well, as far as the uh, uh, controls on the border goes, the uh, it's come out now that uh, the numbers of people that are illegally coming into this country are now approaching 1% of the total United States population. President Joe Biden's administration may bring a record 2.7 million illegal aliens to the United States border this year. New analysis have projected. Um, Stephen Koptik with Princeton's Policy Advisory Group has said that there are 2 million border crossers, about 2 million border crossers and illegal aliens would be apprehended, and uh, he correctly projected that more than 2.3 million crossers and illegal aliens have been apprehended since 2022 for a total of about 4.2 million apprehensions uh, or arrests since Biden took office. Uh, as illegal immigrants hit a record monthly high in December with more than 250,000 apprehensions at the border, uh, Coptics writes that the figures are simply surreal and suggested Biden is on pace to set a new illegal immigrant record this year as well as he did last year. And it's just, uh, it's unsustainable. 
There are just uh, too many people. It's costing governments. In fact, his even his own Democratic supporters, like the mayor of New York City, has come out and said, uh, look, we can't can't keep doing this. We can't keep taking these numbers of people on. You know, I think what the uh, what the governors of Florida and uh, and Texas were doing is rounding them up, putting them on buses and sending them up to uh, places like Chicago and New York. It actually made a huge difference. It it started waking people up, even on the Democratic side, to to see what the reality was here. And uh, and they started to realize that so much of their budgets are going to be locked up in uh, in expenditures to help support illegal immigrants. That they just uh, they they're starting to see uh, what has been the case all along, and that this is uh, this is uncon- unsustainable, and that the Democrats have got to back off. And especially Joe Biden. Joe Biden has got to back off on this uh, this whole idea of uh, of pouring these immigrants in. In fact, uh, here's the here's the statements from uh, Mayor Adams. He says uh, he says what what they are doing, what what uh, the Biden administration is doing, flooding all of these illegal immigrants. It's destroying the midtown of Manhattan. He says, uh, we have a very pulsating heart of the city right here in the Midtown. Theater district, restaurants, tourism district has not fully recovered from the COVID lockdown yet. And already full homeless, we're filling homeless hotels with associated problems. The mayor has announced he's going to turn yet another hotel into a shelter for illegal immigrants in the middle of the theater district. The Paramount Hotel, a 600-room Renaissance-style gem opposite the Richard Rogers Theater where Hamilton has been playing since 2015, is the fifth Midtown Hotel converted to an emergency shelter in as many months. Earlier this month, tourists were paying $330 a night to stay there, and and Adam said the prices were hit as high as $1,000 a night during the New Year's Eve period when people wanted to be down there for the dropping of the ball. There are Where are the tourists supposed to stay? The ones who actually spend the money that the city needs to pay all the social services Adams likes to splash around. Um, he says, we're just spending way too much money on these illegal immigrants. It's eating up all of our budgets and we just can't continue to do it. So it's rather interesting to see how things have changed in a very short period of time. Well, listen, we got to go to our first break here uh, on hour number three. We will be back very shortly with more on Sound Off on a Thursday afternoon. KDAL time is 122. Uh, Brad, I was looking at some morning lows, and the uh, official lows have come in. Minus 3 in Superior this morning, 11 above in Hayward. These are morning lows. 15 in Ashland. Hibbing, minus 11. 1 above in Two Harbors. 16 below in International Falls. And Brad, Duluth this morning, minus 3, the official temperature. This is the first sub-zero temp in 30 days. Yeah, you got to go back to, uh, I'm sorry, December 26th, minus three. 
Uh, but this morning it happened, Russ Francisco. We got below zero. Oh yeah, and it's going to stay that way for a while. Most of a, most of a week, I guess it, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, and every every day, if you look at the, if you look at your phone or something like that, every day another day clicks by, and you look at the next day, and it's cold again. And uh, so we're going to stay cold. We're not going to be twenty below, but we'll be threes and fours. So, you know, it's a uh, it's going to be a long long spat of cold here. Now, Russ, uh, I am learning more and more about my little fishing trip that I'm going to go on here tomorrow and Saturday. Have you ever fished for sheep's head fish? Yeah, they're excellent. That, that's what I understand. They're excellent to eat. But I just yep. saw a picture of one. Like it looks like they have human teeth. Yeah, I know it. <clears throat> they almost look like a, like a, like a sheep head, like the kitchen river, you know, freshwater drum. Uh, except they got these yeah. big teeth, and they, uh, and they, uh, they hit like crazy. So you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a redfish, and usually uh, you'll catch redfish and, and sheepheads in the same area. Sometimes you get some some gar, or maybe a snook, you know, and stuff like that. But it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time, but they hit like crazy. Yep, I, I that's, fished them that's twice. I fished them with with clicking bobbers. You just throw bobbers out, and, you, and they they click when you snap them. Yeah. And, and they uh, you fish yeah. them usually with some shrimp or something like that. Yeah, that's what my friend Frank said. He said, uh, "Be prepared. They will literally like jerk your arms right off when they hit." Yep. Yeah, it's a good time. Good time, and they eat very well. Yeah. I'll let you know all about it on Monday, but uh, lots of people are going back out on the ice, aren't they? I mean, they know that for the next week or so, going to be a lot of ice fishing going on. They're they're getting ready, and a lot of uh, folks. I just had talking to a fellow a couple minutes ago. He's been out stomping around his cabin with snowshoes and stuff, getting that pack down so it's a uh, gray that soaks up some of that slush. So that when it freezes, they'll be able to walk on top of it. So, uh, and some people running snowmobiles across. And uh, I don't know if we'll be driving on this. You know, there's a lot of a lot of slush. It's going to take a lot to make that slush hard. But uh, but oh, if we yeah. can get a crust where you can run four wheelers and and snowmobiles and get some roads that they can get out on, then that'll be just fine. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to keep running all the uh, all the clothing at half price, all the jackets and bibs and and boots and hats and gloves and mitts, and all the augers are twenty percent off. All the rod and reel combos for ice fishing are thirty percent off. We're just going to keep running the sale, and and then as we uh, as we get toward uh, the Duluth uh, uh, show, we'll get up the Deer Classic. And we'll take our leftover stuff and and bring it up there at half price for a week, and then we'll come back and set the store up for spring. Superb, yeah. It's really that time of the year that all of this has happened all at once, doesn't it, Russ? Yeah, it all comes at once, and they've jammed those shows together this year too. We'll come out of Duluth, and we got two weeks, and we got to leave for Minneapolis for the for the sports show down there, and so, and then and then we have two weeks, and we do the home show, uh, you know. So it's just, uh, and but then it's done. So you know, it'll be a, it'll be a real rough one for the next thirty days for the guys, but we're we're geared up for it. We figured it all out. We've got extra crew coming in from the Twin Cities to help us down there, and coming back to Duluth and help us uh, for the home show, and so we'll we'll be ready to go. Well, as you heard it, people, uh, that's Russ Francisco, the owner of Marine General Supply. Get out there this weekend before it gets real cold. You want to get out and do some ice fishing. Maybe you haven't even been yet this year. Uh, Get out to 15th Avenue East and London Road, Upper Side. If you're looking for anything, and if you're listening to us streaming anywhere in the country, go to marinegeneral.com on your computer. You can order right out of the catalog. They'll ship it directly to your home. Uh, Give them a call on their 800 number, 1-800-777-8557. Give them a call, order it. They'll ship it right to your door, courtesy of the fine folks at Marine General.
Come on into Marine General and get outdoors with us. Yeah, isn't that... Or Russ, get outdoors. <laughs> yeah, get outdoors with the Russ. Isn't that something, though, about that weather stat? Uh, three below yeah. this morning. It's the first sub-zero temp in Duluth at the National Weather Service in 30 days. That's uh, amazing. But when you think about it, we've had a lot of snow during that 30 days, and usually the snow comes when it's not real, real cold. So, you know, maybe people aren't so disappointed uh you know that they've missed the uh, the cold weather, yeah, uh, because they're going to have it again now. So, well, now prior to this morning, the coldest temperature that Duluth had this month was one above on the sixth. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, for that to be the coldest, that's pretty good, actually. You know, Northlanders, I want to let you know too. Not only do you have the sports show going on and everything else, but you got the Duluth Gun and Knife Show coming up. Uh, if you're ready to buy, sell, or trade at the Duluth Gun and Knife Show at the deck, that happens on February 4th and 5th. So bring your uh, firearms, your pistols, rifles, shotguns for sale or trade to exhibitors on Saturday, February 4th from 9 a.m. to 5, and on Sunday, February 5th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tickets to the uh, Gun and Knife Show are available for just $8 per day, with children under 12 getting in for free with an adult. If you take your son or daughter with you, they're free. Uh, buy new, sell the old, or trade in at the Duluth Garden and or Duluth Gun and Knife Show at the deck, February 4th and 5th. So remember those days. That's the biggest uh, uh, gun show and knife show uh, in the whole area, and it's a great time to buy, sell, or trade. Well, okay, so everybody was worried about, uh, well, not everybody, I certainly wasn't, but uh, a lot of people were worried about Elon Musk. They were saying, oh, he's spending so much time trying to take over uh, Twitter that he's uh, probably, uh, he's forgetting about his uh, big uh, Tesla operation, and and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the sales of that. Well, this morning, there was a story in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. You don't have to feel sorry for Elon Musk anymore. Turns out Tesla profits have jumped 59% since the same period in 2021. That's right. They have, you know, they've moved the operation. The whole Tesla operation moved from California where they were just paying through the nose for taxes. They've moved it to Austin, Texas, where they make their electrical vehicles and solar panels. Um, Tesla on Wednesday posted record net income in the fourth quarter of last year, and the company predicted that added software-related profits will keep its margins higher than any other automaker out there. The Austin, Texas maker of electric cars and solar panels said it made $3.69 billion from October through December or an adjusted 1.19 per share, a dollar and 19 cents a share, that beat the estimates of a dollar 13 cents a share, and that had been reduced by analysts, according to fact check or fact set, I should say. The company profited from 59 percent more than the same time during the quarter during the same quarter of 2021. Revenue for the quarter was $24.32 billion, which fell short of the 24.67 that analysts had expected. 
Uh, on January 13th, the company cut prices in the U.S. and China, its two biggest markets, by up to 20% on some models, leading many analysts to believe that demand had fallen due to higher prices. But it turned out, no, uh, Tesla was just using it as a marketing ploy to get more people to buy. Tesla said in its investor letter Wednesday that it would produce about 1.8 million vehicles this year ahead of a predicted 50% annual growth rate. <clears throat> Morgan Stanley analyst Adam Jones wrote in a note to investors early Wednesday that demand is a problem for the company. In our view, the price cuts are indeed a response to slowing incremental demand relative to incremental sales. Tesla also said it has rolled out its full self-driving software to about 400,000 users uh, and that it it has recognized $324 million from full self-driving software during the quarter. Despite its name, full self-driving, you cannot drive it itself. Tesla warns drivers that they must be ready to intervene at any time. In other words, yeah, you can have it be self-driving and you can hit that button that says self-driving, but you got to stay alert. You got to have your hands ready to take over the steering wheel. Uh, they're, they're saying it's, it's not a complete self-driving feature yet. The company said it knows there are questions about uh, macroeconomics in the face of rising interest rates. In the near term, we are escalating our cost reduction roadmap and driving down higher production rates while staying focused on executing against the next phase of our roadmap, the letter said. So so don't feel sorry for Elon Musk. He's doing quite well, and his uh, Tesla products are growing, and the profit margins are growing, even though they have reduced uh, the price on them. Well... Another thing happened, and I'll get back to that after the CBS News break, but we got to take a CBS News break, and uh, we'll be right back. KDAL time is 137, sunshine, 14 degrees, and uh, you were talking about Elon Musk uh, in the last segment. Yeah. Have you heard the latest? <laughs> it's, it's quite funny, <laughs> Probably actually. Probably not. Well, okay. uh, uh, he changed his name on Twitter. What? He changed his name to Mr. Tweet. But now he oh. says Twitter won't let me change it back. <laughs> so what? I don't know Wait if a minute. This... I thought he owned Twitter. Well, he does, but uh, he doesn't control, uh, you know, some of the way things work there. I I'm sure that if anyone can fix it, he can. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is because uh, he added an emoji of a uh, laughing uh person but i i, I, oh, I have a feeling this. this is his idea of a joke maybe well it's not <laughs> april fool's day i mean it's january no. 26th um th that would actually be a good april F fool's joke on his behalf but uh mr tweet uh, changed my name to mr tweet now twitter won't let me change it back <laughs> did you uh, uh did you happen to see uh, last night who facebook allowed back on their roles you know, Facebook jail? Yes. Uh, Donald Trump is now going to yes. be allowed back on Meta or Facebook and Instagram. But, Brad, it said, uh, look for the change in the coming weeks. Well, yeah. Really? What are they yeah. going to so do? going to take Drive them. across well, country and climb a, a big <laughs> TV tower or radio tower? Probably. What do you, what do you mean? Probably. All you got to do is press some well, buttons. Well, 
No, it's not that easy, Kenny. Believe me, I know because my wife got dumped off because uh, a friend of hers had asked for phone numbers or something for a she was trying to help somebody out and all of a sudden she was hacked into and they had to close her account down and it took weeks to get it back open well i went to donald trump's facebook page yeah the last the last post he made was on january 6th of 2021 he actually made two posts you want me to read them to you yeah i'd love it good donald Trump last posted on Facebook January 6, 2021. The first one was, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Okay, that's a good that's a good uh, quote. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good indication that he wasn't looking to for a rebellion or anything at that time. There's already What's been What's the other one? Today? Yeah, there's already been 800 I'm sorry. Boy, what is it? 818,000 likes? Wow. Oh, I'm sure. And the last post he made on Facebook, January 6th, 2021, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence! Exclamation point. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Yeah, that was like a pretty good indication that he wasn't looking to have people storm the Capitol or incite and take a it riot. Over. That that is not yeah. an insightful statement. It's been liked 1.6 million times. Wow, wow. Well, let me ask you a question, Kenny. I've got an update on another story that we talked about recently. Remember the six-year-old boy who shot his teacher in Virginia? Yes. When I heard just a few days after that, that there was a report out that the administration of that school, I think the school was called Richneck Elementary School, and the teacher's name was Abigail Zwerner. She she was shot, and they kind of made her out to be a hero. I don't know how much of that is true, but they said that she actually uh, cleared the classroom, had the kids leave and go to a safe area before... Uh, she kind of, uh, uh, you know, s- sought out her own medical attention, evidently. But now it has come out that she has hired a lawyer, a woman by the name of Diane Toscano, which I saw last night on a Fox report. And uh, the, her attorney, Diane Toscano, has laid out a series of escalating warnings that happened on January 6th. When the, pol- when the police say a six-year-old boy took his mother's gun from home and brought it to Richneck Elementary School and shot his teacher. And they say that uh, the administration of the school was notified and that they checked the boy out. They went, uh, evidently found him in the hall. Uh, the, he had his backpack with. They checked his backpack out. There was no gun in there. And they just uh, kind of let it go. They just said, well, it must not be true, so uh, we're going to let the students stay in school. They didn't send them home. Uh, they didn't tell them to go home or anything else. Um, and it turns out that about 1230 on that same day, the day of the shooting, a teacher had searched the boy's backpack, believing that he might have a gun. 
Uh, Ms. Toscano said no gun was found, but the teacher reported to school administrators that she believed that the boy had put the gun in his pocket before going outside for recess. Now, I don't know why she didn't search his pocket. Maybe that, maybe you can't do that or something. I don't know. Anyway, she believed the boy had put the gun in his pocket. Instead of searching the boy, Miss Toscano said, an administrator dismissed the threat, saying that the six-year-old has little pockets. Can you imagine that? I don't think he's got a gun in there. He's got such little pockets. Anyway... The attorney, of course, Diane Toscano, has now sued the pants off of Richneck Elementary School and on behalf of teacher Abigail Zwornauer. And uh, the teacher, Abigail, has been very open about this and said that she had told administrator numerous times, there's uh, something not right with this kid. This this well, kid is yeah. very confrontational, very angry. Yeah, th- there's this is a terrible story, Brad, because this teacher should have never been shot. I mean, they no. How no, can we have, have this problem in schools with kids with guns? This is happening. They know he's got it, and it happens. Yeah. Well, that's what this attorney asked. She said, "What did administrators do?" Ms. Toscano said in a news conference on Wednesday discussing plans for the lawsuit. Did administrators call the police? No. Did administrators lock up the school? No. Did administrators evacuate the building? No. Did they confront the student? No. A third teacher also asked for permission to search the boy, uh, Ms. Toscano said, but was told to wait because the school day was almost over. You know, Brad, I mean, a, a six you're year, absolutely right, Kenny. This yeah. should have never happened. It should have never happened. I mean, all the warning signs were there. They had advanced uh, uh, warnings. They knew about this. Uh, it should have never happened. Brad, a six-year-old kid still believes in Santa Claus, I think. <laughs> Usually they I mean, do, this yeah. this is bizarre. Apparently, he had uh, threatened some other students, uh, showed the gun to one of the kids, said he'd shoot him if he said anything. Yeah, yes, that was brought wow. out as well, yes. Wow. But for the kid to actually pull the gun and shoot his teacher, um, well, first of all, he had to know a little bit of what he was doing. Uh, the boy, the uh, shortly about, well, uh, they said af- just shortly after 2 p.m., the police say the boy pointed the gun at Miss. Zwerner and shot her in front of his classmates in the first grade classroom. Can you even imagine uh, a child of yours in the first grade doing something like that? I mean, I can't even, it doesn't even enter my mind that something like that would happen. Yeah. Now, apparently they have, uh, they fu- did they fire this uh, it, superintendent? Well, uh, it, the last part of this story that I had this morning out of the uh, this was out of the Newport School District newspaper. It said it's unclear when the lawsuit will be filed, but the school board meeting is scheduled for next Wednesday night to consider the job of the superintendent. Okay, well, here's what I don't know what you're reading there, Brad, but I'm reading a story from yesterday, yesterday evening. And it says here that at a special meeting Wednesday evening, which was last night, 
the school. You know what? Bo- I bet you this. The, the, I bet you the date on this is wrong, and I bet you you're right. I think they were meeting last night. Okay, so well, did they decided to fire him. At what did the, they do at the meeting last night? The school board voted five to one to relieve Superintendent George Parker of his duties with severance. Brad, who with severance? Who voted not to get rid of him? Is who I want to know. How can you say that? no to that at that vote? What? Well, I mean, no, no, these no. these school board members had to have some of these details, and they and the and one person voted not to get rid not of him to do it. That's not looking out for the safety of the children, and that's your whole purpose as a school board member is to look out for the education and the safety of the children in your district. There you go. And and they obviously didn't do that at all. This teacher is going to win such a lawsuit, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> no just... no doubt. But at the same time, Brad, she's scarred for life and will never be the oh, same yeah. person and has to live with this for the rest of her life. Yeah, she'll be a millionaire, but it's sad that this school board, uh, my goodness, how do you not have a unanimous vote to get rid of the superintendent knowing yeah, the details? It's... It's amazing. It absolutely is amazing that they did. And then to fire them with severance? Well, here's the other question. Can you imagine trying to find a new job now and applying for a job as a superintendent? Well, Where did you work last? Oh, I was over at Ringneck uh, Elementary School. Really? Bad situation, man. Bad. It is. It's bad all the way around. But that is the job. When the superintendent was notified that they thought the guy had a gun, and another teacher says to the superintendent, "I want to have the right to check this, to to search this boy," and then for the teacher, the superintendent to say, "Nah, school's almost out. Just let it go." Really? That's un in just beyond even thinking about. It's unconscionable. crazy. Just unconscionable. Nuts. Yeah, that too. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> anyway, folks, we got to go to our uh, Minnesota news break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, wrap up a little more stuff when we come back. KDAL. Around the world. We got to be really careful with Putin. To around town. From the precinct level to your county level. It's the issues affecting us all that can also bring us together. You're spot on. Sound off with Brad Bennett on KDAL, 6 and AM. KDAL time, 155, 18 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers down there by the area lift bridge, 18, southwest wind at 8 miles an hour. You know what, Kenny, there is a lot of mental, um, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, people that have real mental issues, don't they? Well, mental <laughs> I mean, you health heard issues, the story. Yeah. Yeah, mental health. Well, you heard the the story about the woman that left her child, a relatively young, few-month-old child, uh, with no clothes on, left him just laying on the ground by Lake Pepin, and drove away. The child died, of course, and uh, she has now been charged with murder. Yeah, but Brad. But there's a lot of people like that out there in the world. Just crazy. This was 23 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What, why is this in the news now? What's go, what took so long? What's well, going on? They she finally admitted to it. Evidently, from what I'm reading, is that she finally admitted that she did it herself. And originally, it was that the child had been stolen from her and all kinds of nonsense. But uh, 
Yeah, it's it's finally just come out. Just just like today, I'm reading the story about this guy that drove his truck through the front lobby of the police department in Grand Junction, Colorado. A guy by the name of Nathan Chacon drove his 2007 Chevy Silverado into the lobby of the police station on Wednesday afternoon around 12.30, adding that miraculously no one was hurt. There were 13 people in the building, or 11 employees in the building at the time behind windows. He drove through two entrance lobbies, through the lobby, over uh, bulletproof glass windows and everything else. Well, as you read into the story, it says that according to document records, shows there has been at least 90 calls for service for Nathan over the last few years where he has reported every kind of strange happening and things that have been all been found to be unfunded. He reported today when he or yesterday when he drove through the lobby of the police that people were following him. He knew that there were cars following him that uh, and he was mad that the police department wasn't paying attention to him that there were cars that were following him and he just showed an extreme uh, schizophrenic paranoia. So there's a lot of that going on, and I think it has to do with the fact that we've not done a really good job in this country taking care of mental illness. We used to have hospitals that were open in every state to take care of these things. Uh, Not so much anymore. Uh, By the way, Kenny, I don't know if you've had a chance to look up on your computer what a a sheephead fish looks like. I did, actually. It's got teeth that look like a human. Yeah, <laughs> they're freaky was, looking. They I'm, are. I'm not so sure I want to catch anything like that. You no, know, I wouldn't want to. I'd say to the uh, guide, go ahead, take it off, throw them back. I don't want them. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. But they claim they're uh, very, very good to eat. So yeah, well, well okay. Uh, so we got Wild Hockey anyway. tonight on uh, WDSM. Yes. Wild, uh, well, And they're finally home. They're yeah, home tonight, They're going to be in St. Paul tonight. The Wild are going to host Philadelphia. Philadelphia's been playing good of uh, late. Uh, 645 pregame on AM 710. The game, 645 pregame, Wild Hockey tonight. I will uh, just about bet you money, Kenny, that there will be some trades made on this team before... We get in. You know, they went on this four-game trip. They were uh, they were in a playoff position, locked in. After this four-game trip, not anymore. They got a long way. Well, to have go fun with this tomorrow, game. Brad. Uh, enjoy your I day out on that. the water and come back Monday well, with a full report. And I'm going to take some pictures so we can post them on Facebook, and we'll have a good time. You See, do great. I know you will. See you Monday. See ya. Your home for Bulldog Hockey. Let's go!